Breaking the Panel is made possible by you and other listeners just as awesome as you are. If you want to support the show and get a little something in return, just go to patreon.com slash breaking the panel because we do appreciate the help. Welcome to Poke... (laughs) (laughs) These days, the comic book owns pop culture. You'll find it all in the panel of your favorite comic book. Us, we're living the comic's life. We're breaking the panel. Welcome to Breaking the Panel, where we bring you the awesome sauce that is the headlines in the news world, but then we really dive into what it means, what we feel about it, and sometimes we love each other, and sometimes we go at it. I'm the rock out of podcasting, Charles McFall, straight out of Dragon Compton, is Paul Klotz. Hey! Flying in from the kryptonite <laughs> of Kansas, we've got Chris Wisdom. I feel like I'm on botch because you just rolled ones with that intro. <laughs> I, I don't know. You can, I think you could probably done better with that slam because I don't feel burnt. So. <laughs> hey, guys. Let's do a quick oh, – you guys, I want to hear from you because it was your first time at Dragon Con. You know, as quick as we can because we got a lot of great headlines to talk about and stuff. Class, I'll, I'll go to you. But what I'm asking for is a general wrap of your impression of Dragon Con and what you got from it. Uh, wow. Well, absolute insanity. Dragon Con is the biggest con that you cannot possibly fathom if you haven't been there yet. Um, I forget how many hotels it is. It's like four or five, possibly more. Chock full of every, every variety of nerdity and geekdom and fandom. I spent most of the weekend down in the podcast track. Uh, I only snuck away a handful of times to go do anything else because um, we were there, to, you know, for to we were on the collectively the royal we, those of us on breaking the panel, and also a whole bunch of those of us from Giant Size Team Up. We were all there for the first time. We were there on a bunch of panels. I was there to see, uh, for example, Dennis from Botched um, was on like six panels <laughs> over the weekend. <laughs> Uh, his first Dragon Con as well, so I wanted to see those panels. Basically, anytime any one of us was on a panel or any of our you know friends of the show or friends of the network were on a panel, I wanted to be there to show up and support them and also to take in that content and everything. Because there was... The podcast track, if you're into podcasting, was amazing. There was you know content stuff, like we did our show. Um, then there was also... Uh, informative, like business development type stuff for people who are looking to get into podcasting, whether you, you know, you're looking to do it as a business or whether you're looking to do it as like a hobby, there was just insane amounts of information and things to take in. Uh, it was, the cosplay was off the chain. The panels were, I mean, I, I, the one big panel that I got to was on Monday. I snuck out to the Thrawn panel that had Timothy Zahn and uh, some other folks on and that one was pretty cool to see um i got scolded for trying to film chris asking questions uh, who scolded you uh some dude behind me was like you're blocking oh oh yeah yeah yeah. what an official scolding it was yeah yeah. you're blocking the way for everybody i was like mm, you could just <laughs> mcfall you had the best response to that ever you want me, you want me to give it because i still have no. the attitude for it yeah yeah go ahead dude it's a phone you see the screen here, I'll zoom in for you. Now you can see better. <laughs> yeah. yeah, basically like, oh, I can't see that thing that you're filming because you're filming it with a giant screen. Yeah, no, <laughs> you, you can still see it, bro. Um, 
it, you know, I was just, I was just trying to get the moment for Chris because I figured he'd appreciate it. And yeah, cool man, you know, you're a bro looking out for your bro. Yeah, you know. <laughs> Uh, but honestly, the big takeaway from DragonCon was DragonCon was the first time that Charles, Chris, and I got to meet. It was the first time that we all got to meet uh, Travis and the guys from Botched, and uh, the first time I was meeting Mike and um, Joe from Pokemon Go, and it was an amazing experience to get together, get to hang out with everybody, get to bro out, um, which hopefully next year we'll have some ladies on the network that can come, you know, hang out and it won't just be a bro out. Um, but yeah, no, it was, it was fantastic. And if you've ever considered going and you haven't gone yet, go. Cause there's, I promise you, there's more things to do than you could ever possibly imagine. Yeah. I mean, that is a, a general consensus of going in. There's too much to do, not enough time. But what you do get in, I mean, it's it is phenomenal. It is, Chris. What was uh, your experience there? Well, this dude was like stalking me with the phone while trying to ask questions. <laughs> no, I, it was much the same as as Paul. Um, I think the the most value that came out of that was you know finally finally putting actual faces and and distance between distance between all of these great people that we've gotten to know um, on the network and uh, the outside networking that we've been able to do, but just being able to meet people and be in the same room with them, share a space, a table when we do a show, um, and then the networking outside of our network, outside of the GSTU, all of these great contributors that came from other networks, uh, came from YouTube. I mean, good Lord, there was so much awesomeness. And then Audrey Kearns, of course. I finally got to meet Audrey. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she Audrey's and Bradley are awesome. Yep. I, I would love, in, in these show ideas that we've, been pitching to each other to somehow get him included because he is he was he's loving doing booze and phasers and if the time fits man he is such a cool guy and of course audrey he's nobody there's no other audrey in the world right yeah uh brian's such a great mc and he's my hero i want to be like him yeah i was gonna say he he makes you look like a chump Brian, if you're listening, I need the master class on how to be an MC like you, sir. Uh, no, but all jokes aside, um, you know, props to you, Charles. Charles worked as a volunteer for the con. Uh, he ran a number of panels, like he moderated a bunch. He ran tech a lot. And on top of all the stuff we were doing collectively as a network and as our, you know, being on our own panels and stuff, uh, Charles and his family took most of the people who were there from the network into their home and put us up and made it possible for all this to happen. There was all kinds of logistics that went into it. Uh, the McFall family, like definitely lifted us up and made the whole thing possible. So, you know, a big thanks to Charles. But well, mostly Aaron, a, a, a medium <laughs> thanks to Charles and a huge thanks to the greatest of McFalls, Aaron, Charles's wife. <laughs> I hate you guys a little bit for that. <laughs> and she saw it like, you've been dubbed the greatest McFalls. She's because I am. Like, well, you are. But I didn't, they didn't even know that. I was I was pretty cool until you came along. So, yeah. Uh, anything uh, you want to throw in there, Chris, before you get on? Uh, your son was a pro, too. Oakland, man. God, yeah. No better yeah. no no better doorman at the age of 12. 12. Yeah, 12. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we shouldn't go into any further details about that. 
And, I mean, okay, so partially there's no there's no proof, and that's good. But as a father, <laughs> there's no proof. I didn't get to see it. Aaron didn't get to see it, and it's not on the video. The video started after he did what he did. I was like, oh man, we really you don't understand the proudness we had. Uh, I would say I, this was a real moment when they were telling me what he did. And, and I thought, oh, did he really drop the F-bomb? Like, no. Like, oh, I was a little disappointed. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What, what yeah. we're dancing around is that uh, Charles's son, Oakland, introduced Botched uh, and got the whole crowd worked up. I mean, it was a one-liner, but he was like, are y'all ready to play some D&D? And, like, the whole crowd. Uh, speaking of which, the elephant in the room is that Botched are total rock stars, and they filled the podcast track room uh in you know galleria six in the hilton they filled it to capacity we had to turn people away which is virtually unheard of for a show you know going some going to an unknown show i mean they were entirely an unknown entity coming in this three people in the room had heard of them besides the network guys and they did not disappoint they completely crushed their show it was wild drunken shenanigans but they you know i say that it's wild drunken shenanigans but they still put on a really entertaining show like it wasn't just a a complete shit show it was like no actually it was the story they made it through the story the story was funny it was great uh we got to see phil wear many hats and a wig (laughs) uh and uh and mysteriously have a a mario mustache for the show and then like eight hours later be missing it which we're very confused about like how he lost that in the middle of the night something about a bear yeah but yeah in any case he didn't shave it that's all he said i didn't shave it it's like (laughs) uh yeah no botched completely slayed and it was awesome and uh yeah so excited for those guys i'm proud of them man yeah absolutely man so, and that's why they're not the the shout out of the show because I knew we'd rail on, we'd we'd ramble about them at the beginning. So, ah, uh, oh, I'm still riding high on it. It's just an amazing experience. I love it. It's so much gratitude and inclusion, and I don't care how tired I get. I, it's just my favorite time of the year. My my calendar year revolves around Dragon Con, mm-hmm. and I love it. All right, on to not so good news. Star Wars Nine director steps down. So I, I pulled these headlines that you guys grabbed really in our chat. So I don't I haven't had the chance to read this. What what is going on here? What's what's happening? Well, officially from Disney, it's it's funny because, you know, creative differences and blah 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 seems almost like the exact same letter they sent out about the Han Solo movie. But uh, uh, wait, I I got I got to imagine if Trump gets voted out after four years, right, there's going to be a letter from the American public that says, yeah, it was just creative differences, <laughs> like and we're, we wish him good luck his next venture in Russia. It's all good. <laughs> I mean, that's how bad these emails are, right? These, these statements, they're just so BS generic. It, it really was. So it's, the, the official statement was, Lucasfilm and Colin Trevorrow have, mutant, have, mutantly, have mutually chosen to part ways <laughs> on Star Wars Episode Nine. Um, Colin has been a wonderful collaborator throughout the development process, but we have all come to the conclusion that our visions for the project differ. We wish Colin the best, and we will be sharing more information about the film soon. Is it good? Is it bad? I don't. I don't know yet. What's for sure? Because with it being so far outside of or early in the production cycle of it, I don't know. It's it's not. It's definitely not like filming and changing directors. Yeah. So. <sighs> I, I'm curious to see why 
like if we get to find out further down the road. Uh, one of the tweets that's in this article, though, is hilarious. Uh, Jordan Hoffman tweeted, uh, Colin Trevorrow still made more dough not making Star Wars than you or I will make in our entire oh lives. <laughs> so, you know, it's like, yeah, I mean, I don't know that we have to shed any tears for Colin here because uh, he's going to be fine. But, um, I, you know, I don't know what it's all about. Like, I don't know why... I don't know why these people keep getting set up for the job and then we, you know, Disney's like, mm, maybe not, maybe we shouldn't, you know, so we will I, see. You know me, it's just, I, it's too early in the cycle. I, 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 I am not downplaying the more this happens, the more issues that do become apparent with Disney and Marvel. Then on the other side, DC, Warner Brothers. Yeah, I mean, it, there are issues. But some of this, like, it's so early on. I think I'm just basically echoing what Klot said of this this kind of thing happens, right? Mm-hmm. It, it happens. Now, I see you put in rumored possibilities are J.J. Abrams, you know, which is – he did the first one, and it was 50-50. I think some of the geeks said it was too much. Some seventh, of them seventh, liked it. Seventh one. He did. He, he uh, did. I'm sorry. I, okay. First I was going to go ahead. Yeah, I'm – I'm caveat, yeah. I'm caveating this episode. All other episodes, I do screw up and say stupid stuff all the time. This one's con brain episode. Yes, Klaus, you got my brain went to first of the new trilogy. Yeah, uh, and no, and Chris, it's inexcusable. No, no, it's Chris. You were gentle. You were gentle with the smack. I appreciate. It. You're right. You know, I deserve a smack, but you were like, no, 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 light pop just to get your attention. Okay, thank you. Uh, who is? I, I don't know what who Rian Johnson is or what they've done. Okay, now it's inexcusable. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm sorry, have you met me? Do I know names? I, I, I called you Short Stack half the week because I couldn't remember who you he's, were. He's the director of, of, of Episode Eight. It, you know, The Last Jedi, the one that's about to come out. The one I haven't seen at all and don't really care who directed it because I just want to <laughs> see it. That one? Yeah? That okay. Be the one. <laughs> I think yeah, my new character for the show is Mr. Salty because I just I don't care. Do I don't care. The, do you know who the last guy is? Do you have any idea which one he directed? Now see, I'm not going to be the <laughs> jackass that says that name. You're saying that name because if if mm-mm. and George mm-mm. Lucas and George Lucas, but I'll tell you, hey, you know what? Hey, Mike Woodard. Because <laughs> <laughs> Mike, Mike, okay, side note, Mike Woodard at DragonCon, he does look a lot like George Lucas. He got approached so many times of, man, your George Lucas cosplay is spot on. All he was doing was wearing his clothes. He was just yeah. wearing his own clothes, going to the panels. You heard awesome. it here first, folks. Mike Woodard walks around as George Lucas on a daily basis. It's basically. So yeah. I'll tell you why I want George Lucas, why George Lucas is my pick right now. Okay. Is because I want that creative differences letter. To <laughs> I just like I think it would be awesome if George did direct and he he bookended his 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 vision, but I I really just want it for the parting ways uh, announcement with creative differences. That's that's just like gore porn at that point. That's like <laughs> oh man, that's that's horrible. That's the tragedy porn. Absolutely. <laughs> So um, wh- why are we not bringing up the obvious choice here, though? Who's the obvious choice? Well, Michael Bay, of course. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's the obvious choice for Star Trek Nine. Star Trek Nine? <laughs> oh my! God. 
Conbrain! Conbrain! No, 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 no. no. I'm not there's, even drinking, I swear. There, there's no amount of, of yelling and convincing that you could do <laughs> to make me think you wouldn't say that on no. any given Thursday. This is one of those schisms. I'm blackout drunk. When I listen to this back, I'll be yelling at myself, going, what the hell are you smoking, dude? Oh, yeah, no, I get it. I get it. I get it. Oh, you're uh, gonna get it um, yeah. through hopefully Twitter and Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> Send all your hate mail to BTP at giantsizeteamup.com. We will read it. So uh, one and thing, butcher it uh, to get back on track a little bit here. One thing I wanted to bring up is a conversation Chris and I had at DragonCon, and that was I forget what sparked it, but you know, uh, oh man, why am I? I'm so. I'm so knocked off my game by Charles right now that I can't even <laughs> think of his name. I'm not um, even close to the game, man. I'm like three states away from the game this right now. I literally I Mark Hamill. Mark Hamill Ooh. has been kind of vocal about not really being pleased with these new films. And he like basically he's been doing what he can to not get like assassinated in public by the Disney Thought Police. But uh, he's been coming out and saying in a few interviews here and there that he's not very pleased with the uh, the story arc and the way things have been handled, uh, story-wise. So I'm starting to wonder if maybe that's what's going on internally. Like, I, I don't know. I don't know if which side of it he's on. You know, I don't know if uh, Trevor leaving is a good thing as far as all that goes or what, but... Basically, it seems like there's some chaos and some people who are involved who do get, you know, there's a lot of folks who might make the argument, well, an actor doesn't really get to chime in on creative side stuff, but let's be real. He is Luke Skywalker, Mm -hmm. and so he does get to have an opinion. Um, It's not as if it isn't informed, you know, so... I don't know. We'll we'll see how it all plays out. Well, it'll it'll be really telling to see how this film pans out this December, uh, you know. So we'll we'll see where it all goes. Is there besides the jokes? Is there somebody that could direct this thing that's not on the rumored list that you would be like your pick? Like, oh, I'd really like to see this take. And if there's not, I get that too. But I'm just curious. I feel like this is one of those damned if you do damned if you don't situations Mm. you know like it's really difficult to deliver this is probably the most important franchise active franchise right now in the world you know whatever you put out is going to get criticized i mean look at what happened with episode seven and rogue one you know even getting overwhelmingly positive reviews doesn't mean that you're immune to like pretty harsh criticism Mm mm-hmm you know, so every every scene, everything that's done will get picked apart. How much control does a director actually have on the final cut? You know, it, I mean, and that's the other thing is like, how much creative control does a director actually get? Because Lucasfilm slash Disney is really heavy handed. And, you know, we don't know who's sitting in the editing bay with the director and the editor making final cuts. You know what I mean? And we know that that... Yeah that that can be a thing. Like the studio has sat in on cuts before and caused some real problems with other films. So I don't know. It's hard to say who could step up and who would be like the good fit for it. Um, I also feel like we don't really know where they're going with the story either. Cause there's like no clear setup for it right now. Yeah. That's a good call. Yeah. Until this episode comes out mm-hmm. until December, I don't know that I would have a clear front runner for director. 
this is not a front runner director, and I realize even as as saying it that I I don't know that I'd want to see it other than the joy on his face when he gets announced to do this. But what about Kevin Smith? <laughs> I mean, he would just he would like melt into a puddle, right? He, he would never even go into that meeting. Probably not. But <laughs> I love Kevin to death, but he would never even go into that meeting. He'd be like, you you're, no, no, you're crazy. You're crazy. He's doing. He's doing chasing Ray, right? Uh, <laughs> he said, "Look, I'll voice the fat stormtrooper, but I'm not going to direct him. I'm not going to direct yeah, yeah, him." No. I, yeah, I know. I just the passion, you know, the heart that he has for. It. I, I agree. I mean, I think it, it is not any, his cup of tea. If anything, Kevin would maybe be willing to get involved in script revisions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because he he is at his core more than a director. Kevin is a writer. Writer. Absolutely. You know, that, that that's his base. And, you know, he, <laughs> he has spoke at length a, a number of times about the amount of, you know, big budget Hollywood films with key characters and franchises he cares about that he's contributed to that never saw the light of day. Um, I could see him maybe chiming in on, on story and trying to help. I think the big thing is, like, the, the real struggle is to capture the magic of the original trilogy, but then to keep things new and exciting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know it's it's really difficult. And you know I think if if I'm gonna take an OT director to 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 end this thing, I'm probably gonna lean to Kirsch, but that's assuming he's alive. But yeah, yeah. I, I would probably take Irvin Kirshner. We could maybe get Ridley Scott so that he could just like tell episode. Star Wars Episode Nine: Ridley on Ridley. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, interesting. (laughs) That's so fun there. So uh, this this you are absolutely right, Chris. When you tag this and like, oh, I got the story for Charles. Uh, Yeah, absolutely. Hella has a bit more to her than anticipated. Comicbook.com reports that uh, Hella and Thor Ragnarok is partially Hella from the comic books. But she's also Gore the God Butcher. What the hell, man? That's awesome. Yeah, I thought you'd like that. And I, it feels like, did you say something about that when we first started talking about the previews? That that's Yeah, I said like that, that she, she that's looks looked like the like God it? Butcher a little bit. Yeah, yeah with the, uh, when she did the thing with her hand or whatever. Yeah. Yep, yep. So so good on you, Charles, uh, Charles saw it. Well, I mean, we all said, yeah, it looks like that. But, I mean called it flat out the ch- yeah the child in me was like there he is yeah and it's it's net it's neat because if you go in um you know they talked about how she can use her powers because in in the comic books you know she was able to use the powers to raise the dead or whatever but now on in this movie they're going to use the the gore blade to kind of uh to take that role plus be able to uh, you know fight at their level which i don't know why she wouldn't be able to fight at their level already yeah that what and even even in the comics she's like i don't know about age but i just mean in power she's kind of like the little sister hmm. i mean loki could outdo her thor could outdo her she was kind of re- re- regulated regulated regulators regulator anyway, uh she she uh to hell because nobody else wanted it so she gets to that was my impression anyway. That she was like, "Nope, you're you're the throwaway. Go over there and do that." And she's always trying to find ways to kind of screw her brothers over. And that was my impression that she was not quite on their level. I could be wrong. That's what I kind of took away from it before the movie stuff. So, 
Um, I mean, Chris, you, in my opinion, you're you're kind of our deep cut. I know mostly DC, but you do have a lot Marvel history as well. Does that sound right, or am I? Well, I think um, just from myth uh, mythological standpoint, I think that the the god of the underworld is always typically like that. It's he he or she is never physically or maybe even on this whatever your power scope is is not necessarily on the same level as the higher gods um so so they like you said get get shifted to the underworld but they they amass power and they understand understand politics a little bit more maybe Mm -hmm. um so i don't know that that's your i don't think your assessment's wrong they they tend to have the power of inevitability on their hands this is true too yep you know that that all things will creep for you know towards death at some point and and if you look at it as a hell type place being the ability to amass souls and thus amass power you know eventually that'll tip the scale in their advantage if they do have a big power play to make mm-hmm. um i'm really excited about this cuz i i loved gore's power set and like how he interacted with everything and I like I love that they did something here where they're like we're never going to make a movie with gore in it like let's just be real and yeah I mean, it, yeah it's not going to happen and so you know instead of letting a relatively recent addition to the to the lore just go to waste they're like well why don't we just kind of merge them a little bit and I think that's a, a pretty clever play and I think if it's done tastefully and you know obviously the, we'll see the results in a couple months here um if it's done tastefully, then it'll be great, and I'm excited about that. Yeah, I, I agree. I'm wondering how much, though, of the God Butcher they're going to bring in, because there's some aspects of it that if I see it, I'll be very, very giddy, and there's some aspects of it that if I see it, I'm like, no, that was kind of the crappy part of why they would never make a movie out of <laughs> gore. I mean, the first, it, there's, there's a lot of strongness to the character, but it does kind of go off the rails towards the end. Um. So yeah, I'm. I'm so it's I'm like happy. the McFall of Marvel Comics. That's fair. <laughs> that that's that's quite fair. Uh, I'm the podcast butcher. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> <I ain't alive. laughs> Star Trek episode nine. <laughs> oh, Don't say it again. Come at me, bro. Come at me. My rage is is full mast again. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, DC Titans. We got a lot of fun names here. Yeah, they, and I, I just kind of grouped it all together because it's not necessarily anything we need to talk about in depth. But you know, the the casting news has been coming out pretty progressively since early August. Uh, I, I want to say the first one that they cast was Anna Diop from Twenty Four Legacy as uh, as uh, Starfire. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Tegan Croft, who uh, up into this will be her first American. Uh, project, but she was in an Australian movie called The Osiris. Um, that's our Raven. Um, we've got Minka Kelly from Friday Night Lights fame as uh, as Dove, and Alan Richardson, who most people would know from Smallville as Aquaman. Um, those were just announced today. That's going to be Hawk and Dove, and then of course Brenton Thwaites, who I believe that was was that just before Dragon Con. I want to say that was like late august uh that's that's going to be our dick grayson so we've got most of the team if not all of what they're going to give us on that show i'm assuming we're not going to get a cyborg just because he's in the movie and they don't want to cause confusion yeah 
and yeah, who, and, do you, who do you think they'll replace, or will they replace that character? Uh, well, we still don't have uh, Beast Boy, so okay. Um, I'm assuming that we we've got Beast Boy coming. I just I don't know that we're going to get a replacement for Cyborg. They may just do a six member team. Well, and... you know, later in that series, they brought in uh, Kyle. Not uh, what was the clone Superman clone boy? Oh, Connell. And well, yeah. and, yeah, that that Connor. depends. Connor's what they called him. Yeah. Well, he after he got his uh, yeah his they gave him Connor Kent, but then also yeah. Connell was his Kryptonian name. But yeah, Superboy. Yeah. Um, it depends on where they go, where where they're coming with this story, because he's I don't know that he's ever been on a team when Hawk and Dove were on there. So. And well, you would definitely know that more than me. I, I've only watched the animation more or less, and not religiously yeah. either. So I'm a little concerned about this uh, Raven casting. Because it looks like they're casting everybody else, all the other Titans, to be like in their definitely late teens through their 20s to through their late 20s. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, cool. then, and then Raven is like an actual teenager, like a young teenager. Like a young teenager, yeah. Which I find a little disheartening because... I'm kind of tired of seeing like baby Raven as the story. Yeah, yeah. I I kind of would much rather see adult Raven. I think that's a little more compelling and more interesting. Because I just feel I like agree. so much of that story's already been told through the animated films and the animated shows. Um, not that there's an you know no merit there. It's just like you have an opportunity here to to do something cool and uh, just I just don't want to see more angsty raven teenager I guess is what I'm saying but we'll see how it plays out yeah, I don't know that you can, I don't know how much you can get away with from angst with raven though I mean that's that's pretty much a core concept to that character right but like angsty adult would be a little more interesting at this point <laughs> is what I guess I'm saying is like yeah. you know like it's something that we actually started to see in in the most recent animated film you know, where she's more mature than she was before. And so it's like this refined angst, I guess. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's like when you when you watch the, the goth kid from high school grow up and become a goth adult. And, you know. <laughs> You're so proud of them. And they still work yeah. at Hot Topic. <laughs> no, no. no they, they, they get like a real job. You know, yeah. they get like an office job. So they're like wearing a suit or a dress that's like you know, from the 20s or something, but they, <laughs> they, they they make it work. You know what I mean? Like, if Wednesday Adams just, you know, gets an office job. You know? Yeah, no. Wednesday Adams. <laughs> Are those made from real Girl Scouts? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, if, if that's all on the casting, we're going to hit the break here. Uh, so, before we hit the break, I, I happen to see this on Facebook. Uh, Clinton Alvord says, Apparently, every Star Wars movie will now come with a director and a backup. <laughs> uh, yeah, that, that, was, that was cool. So, you know how this goes. Stay tuned for the break. We'll be back afterwards with more awesome news and thoughts and everything else coming up next. All right, we are back. We're just showing it. It's, that, it's been that kind of day. <laughs> so good. <laughs> All right, and we're back, and we're just going to jump right in with some more awesome stuff going on right now. Before Drew we get, Goddard. Before we get too far, I can't believe that we actually played an ad for that beer. That's crazy. That's crazy to me. <laughs> All right. Uh, Drew Goddard to direct Right 
X-Force with Deadpool leading Black Ops Force at Fox. Okay, that is a really... I don't understand the head. I'm mean, understanding the head. Is that like three headlines of one? That's written I, weird. That is that is what you call not burying the headline. So he's going to write and direct the X Force movie. Of course, but what's leading? Be, because Deadpool's going to be leading the team. Oh, okay. That's where it, it, that's where I'm getting thrown off. The punk. Okay. So and, and then Cable's going to be a major component. Okay, so movie. Deadpool's going to lead X Force, which we had the- didn't we theorize that after the first Deadpool and they announced X Force? Well, well, yeah. I know we yeah. talked. We said no, it's going to be Deadpool Cable. That's what it's going to be. Well, yeah. I mean, that's cool. that's classically the team is it's led by either Deadpool or Cable or both. And and it's silly if you think about it because and I, I this is still in the X universe, but it's it's ancillary to the X universe. But it's it's like they took. They took a character and they gave him his own movie, right? Yes. And then in the second movie, they're introducing another character, right? And this is before they do the, the what is that? When there's a group of them? What is that called? Um, the team movie. So they've, they're, they're growing history instead of just jumping straight into a team movie like i don't know some studios decide need to be done right off the bat and then leave a whole bunch of money on the table because they do it all wrong and screw everything up but um i'm hoping to see lots of murder in this movie because this movie is one of those that it's uh an appropriate place for murder i'm done define define your parameters of murder like we had ceiling murder with darth vader yeah and that dude should murder people should totally murder people yeah but we have kind of bad guy murder with Punisher. And then like with Daredevil, we had, okay, there's no way that guy lived falling down the stairs like he did. Murder. So what? define your murder in this thing. Uh, Unless it's just a whole bunch of ravens, and I get that. I just mean that, you know, maybe save the murder for people that do murder, you know? And and kill on a regular basis. Then instead of having you know a guy that's really not supposed to murder, especially with things so, that you know. So what you're saying is, my name is Chris, and I'm an addict, and it's been zero days since I shat all over BVS. Oh, no, 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 no! Because yes. digital high five, clots. Be- because I didn't even talk about BVS yesterday or the day before. <laughs> Oh, so you're really itching. That's I mean, that's why you feel like you're scratching. I take that. I take that back because somebody, somebody made me listen listen to a a podcast that 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 brought it up, and it's one of our Australian friends. And damn that man, (laughs) damn that man, and damn those men. So yeah, no, you're, you're an addict, man. We, this is an intervention. We know you're an addict. It's okay. A little bit. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. And and regardless, if not even that movie specifically, but I think Fox. I don't. I don't. I don't think that it necessarily needs to be indicated or called the Marvel equation. You know, it just makes sense that if you're going to have a team movie, you introduce the players of the team before you get to the team, because it gives you a, a way to dis, to discover more in depth of some of these characters before you just go into a team movie where then you have to learn who everybody is and you, you're not going to be able to give enough screen time. Well, that brings us to the next thing that pulled right from the Blazing Defender Report on Facebook. That's all both of you guys talking about. Uh, 
DC does DC Comics need a cinematic universe? And I reason uh, I wanted don't. to wait, 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 wait. You don't have to talk about the article. The reason I wanted to bring it up because you personally said, Chris, did this you just say they don't need a shared universe by mapping out a way to create a shared universe? Yeah. <laughs> so I wanted you to expand on that thought. That's why I'm bringing it to the table. Well, I mean, it's it's just that this guy goes on, you know, 400 words or whatever it is talking about how DC doesn't need a shared universe and this is why and the why is a step by step on how they should create a shared universe. It's it's I I lost I I got confused by his thesis and then his follow through. So there's basically what you're saying is is cuz I don't want to take time to read it. That's why I have Chris Wisdom as a great friend. He just tells you what I need to know. Um, <laughs> Chris Wisdom the Fox News of my life. Well, okay, so like so, perfect example. <laughs> perfect example is if you want to have cast members crossover, that's fine. But it doesn't sure. have to be an entire unified universe with specific rules and standards. It really doesn't have to be that way. It's like TV shows. Some shows are better with standalone episodes. These episodes run one after another with barely any reference to the previous episode. Then some shows carry a story in such a way that if you join in season three, you're going to be completely lost. But you don't. It's not like watching an episode of The Twilight Zone and or, or watching a season of The Twilight Zone and then not coming together. Like if you're going to do Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. or oh, X-Files. X-Files is a good example. Monster of the Week, right? Yes. But everything that they did in X-Files was still a part of that universe's canon, right? Yeah. So how do you make a universe and don't have it canon without it being just an anthology series? You see what I'm saying? Well, I, 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 I get I, it. You is... don't have to have if the guy doesn't want to have one major through storyline through all of it. That's fine, I guess. If you just want to do if little mini story arcs or something. Um, but well, you play you can play with timelines. But the the other thing that pops in my mind, it's a little too easy. I understand this. It's a more complicated universe. But you have the multiverse. I I just last night was watching Rick and Morty and it was thinking again about how watching the intro is one of my favorite parts of that show going, oh yeah, nothing's canon in this thing because as soon as somebody dies or this happens, it doesn't matter to the next episode. You don't know which Rick and Morty you're watching. You never know. And it's a lot of fun that way. Uh, it's a little scattered, but could you tales of the multiverse and they cross over and do, I don't know. I, I feel like I'm getting convoluted here. I just know. This <laughs> <laughs> is one of the things my brain's like. Just, just stop, man. I'm, I'm seasoned. Just stop. I, if, if his, if his point is, is he really like the Nolan verse and doesn't like what DCEU is doing right now, and he would be fine with the Nolan, the Nolan trilogy, and then the Wonder Woman movie we got, and then a different Superman, and they never meet. They're not interconnected in any way, shape, or form. That's fine. I can do that. I'm not saying they have to have a shared universe, but then don't turn around and say you can meet, but it doesn't have to have unified specific rules because then that's weird then why have those characters cross over why yeah, not just have that. wonder woman stay in her universe and batman stay in his and never well shall the what two meet? let's take it to the berlanti verse you know the way they've done supergirl because she was cbs first they did the whole earth whatever number because i know i'm gonna screw it up mm -hmm. uh thing but wouldn't there be shouldn't there be some version of Supergirl on our Earth as well. And not and shouldn't there be some version of Flash on their Earth? No, not ne not necessarily, because you don't know what because you know 
you don't know what's different in that universe. Maybe in maybe on in the Flash universe, her she obviously never got out of the out, never got out of the Phantom Zone, or maybe her ship was destroyed in the in the explosion. Okay, all on, right, something all right. like that. It's and and in her universe, perhaps the 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 Barry Allen was never doused in chemicals and hit by lightning. You know, I mean, that's because there's always something different in the universes, and maybe in those, that's what's different. Yeah. So to that end, you know, watching or yeah, watching the Berlanti verse, they cross over. What happens in that moment, the characters remember, but there's no intertwined storyline like you're talking about. They go back to their own individual shows. Well, okay, only this, yeah, mostly they go back to their own individual shows. And the stuff that happens on every show doesn't matter to the other characters. No, right? But they, re- but they remember their interactions, and those interactions are now canon in the within those universes. But that's not the same as a shared storyline. I'm, sure I'm lost. How is that not a shared storyline? What what? Okay, what so those interactions do? Maybe I'm at, maybe I'm asking from a different wrong point of view. When I, I'm asking you, what's the difference then? Is uh, so and this is literally me asking the guys who know more about this stuff than I do. So we watch the DCEU movie, right? Mm-hmm. And it's storylines. I mean, everything that happened in Man of Steel was brought over, and I'm not trying to troll you, it's just the, the timeline, was brought over to BVS. Now we know, then it's brought over to uh, Wonder Woman. And then it's brought over, it's going to be brought over to Justice League. And we, I imagine it's going to be brought over to Man of Steel too. But I mean, there's a tight storyline that works everywhere. As opposed to... The Blurlanti verse, where they visit, they remember, but Arrow will go off on this whole tangent, and Flash will do this own thing with the Speed God, and it's not this tight thing that has to happen every movie, and be reminded, yes, this happened. Is there not a difference? Because I kind of felt like there was, but I could see where there might not be. Well, you're you're talking about characters' individual storylines, so. Like yeah. you and me and Paul, we have a shared universe, and the things that happen within that shared universe are going to be true no matter whether you're talking to you, me, or Paul separately, correct? Yes. But I, you yeah. have your life in Atlanta. Paul has his life in New York, and I have my life in Kansas, right? And yes. what happens here does not necessarily affect you in Atlanta or Paul in New York and any other right. combination thereof. Right. But <clears throat> everything that we establish that affects all three of us is true through, throughout because okay. it affects all three of us. So anytime these characters come together, it's going to affect them in so much as that creates a canon point for all of them, a shared a shared canonical point. Now, when Batman's back in Gotham, you know, branding people so that they get targeted for murder in prison, that doesn't necessarily carry over to Wonder Woman. Unless maybe she's like, hey, Bruce, that's not cool. You're not that guy. But oh, wait, she doesn't say that. Um, and sure. maybe Clark Kent would do something if he wasn't too busy being scolded and told to cover the sports and, you know, not just flying yeah, across see, the just bay and you're... stopping a dude from burning people and marking them for death. Chris, I have this letter that I have to read to you about my feelings <laughs> when you go into these drug-fueled rages. No, uh, I, I think Clark, I think I think I understand what he's saying. Is there there anything you want to add to it? Or change or mm, no. Yeah. No, I get you know what? The whole thing started with Chris going, no, don't 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 put that okay, you put it on the table. All right. 
Uh, yeah, so. I mean, <laughs> yeah. lesson learned, right? <laughs> but what, I, got, I did get an education, even though I'm tired and well, con adult. I, n- those thoughts would have come up anyway, and I get what you're absolutely saying, Chris, and it makes a lot more sense. And I hope that there's people out there. Yeah, I hope we do reach an audience that's a range of hardcore fans to the the newly minted, and we we answered that for them as well, and and irritated the piss out of the hardcore fans, and I apologize for that. All right, so my favorite headline of the day, but it does break our hearts. We reported a few episodes back that Disney's doing their own stream. They're taking all their Disney stuff, but they were still in talks with uh, about with Netflix about keeping Marvel and Star Wars universes on Netflix. Well, they just yelled, this is Sparta, and kicked Netflix into the pit. Right because into the pit. Right into the pit. I mean, it's... I, and there's not much to talk about there. Well, we, they're coming out hard. They're coming out strong. It makes sense on a business marketing level. They're taking all their movies and going home. Now, I didn't read the full article, so I'm going to ask a question that might be obvious. Uh, then we're really going to talk about what we really think is going to happen in Netflix. That's where this is going to go. But they're ta- it specifically says in the link and in most of the article, they're taking their movies what does this mean for the TV series that they've been creating with Netflix? Those those will stay. Okay. Um, I, I they, thought that might be indicating that, but I did not read it specifically in the article. Nice for now, as far as we know. Yeah. I could see at some point it coming... What? See... They might... Okay, so just talking about these shows specifically, they might use it as a as a lead to bring business over to their streaming service. If you follow okay. me. I do. If, I follow you. Uh, you know, cause, uh, leaving something out on the main platforms to entice people to come over and jump on their new service is a good idea. Um, cause you, you don't want to have everything completely on, you, you know, you basically, you know, you want to, you don't want to be siloed is what you're yeah, saying. Yeah. You don't want to, you, you absolutely want to diversify your portfolio. If you're a business like theirs is, I think they know, I think they've seen the numbers at this point and they're, they're confident with this play, you know? And so therefore they, they will definitely want to, uh, you know, get people to come over to their new service and everything, but they'll definitely want to lead, leave something out there to entice people over. Um, so I, I think they've done the math and they know that they're going to be successful with their new service, but yeah, I, I think uh, we'll probably see a logic. Uh, sorry, Chris, I'll let you go in just a second. No, I think we'll probably see a wrap up to the, a, like a logical conclusion to the storyline anyways, in the shows as they currently are. I don't think their plan is for them to run forever. So there's that. Go ahead. Chris. Sorry. No, I, I know you're fine. I would agree, but I, I don't think that, I, I, at this point, I think even if that service was $60 a month with the content that they're going to be offering on this thing, I still think they're going to be making a shit ton of money. Mm-hmm. Especially if, if I'm assuming that what Netflix was doing, you know, same wasn't it same day DVD release was when those things were on Netflix as far as the movies? I believe so. Yeah, so I wonder if, if they're going to do that same thing, then yeah, it's crazy. And... My fear is that whatever we have left in in the pipeline for the Netflix Marvel original series is it's going to be further and further removed from the MCU, more so than it already is. Like, I don't know that we'll see those little Easter eggs in there anymore. Because why are you going to have something that's not on your platform linked to the stuff that is? Yeah. 
And the Easter eggs are fun, but they're not really. I mean, we've, we've complained about that forever, right? Mm-hmm. It goes one way. It's 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 almost a kid at the table thing. It's like, ooh ooh ooh, I can l- let me help you. I'll talk about what you're doing. I'm sure what you're doing. And the big group, big adults at the table don't even acknowledge them. Mm-hmm. And that's what it feels like with the movies versus the Netflix runs. I I know in the previous years, Ages of Shield is on Hulu, and Ages Car Agent. Uh, Carter was I, I assumed Inhumans would go there don't know I mean I know Inhumans is now we're talking 2019 do you think ultimately they will pull those contracts as well and say hey no we put it on our network stuff which is ABC and if you want to stream it though you got to be on Disney mm, I don't know that they'll do that that's that's to me that's your gateway drug that's how they're gonna it's you. a really crappy one <laughs> Well, no, but I think that's how you get the people that aren't ready to to spend money on that service to still get your product. Now, with all this news, how much are we going to spend on this? That's the question. Um, To me, this is is an actual... This is something that I would pay at least CBS all-access prices for and not have a problem with it. Which should what, be convenient because you probably won't have to pay that for very long. <laughs> <laughs> well, the only reason to pay that is really still not off the ground and doesn't look like it's going to get off the ground anytime soon. Yeah, I mean, I could, I could, me personally, I could pay nineteen ninety nine a month for this and be okay with it, just because I know that the full family yeah, is going to buy in though. Is gonna oh yeah, but yes. So I mean, all the I mean, kids stuff. It's crazy. As we talked about before, that's absolutely the big draw here. Is that this is any anybody who's a family with kids, this is a slam dunk. Like, because it's they're pulling everything to put it on there. You know what I mean? It's going to be comprehensive to say the least. Because they also stressed uh, all the Pixar stuff and all that as well. Mm-hmm. So everything, everything you could possibly want to, want to watch under the Disney banner, except for perhaps those handful of Marvel shows, should be on there. Including some new unique programming too, I guess. Mm-hmm. Now that's oh, on the Marvel sense. That's what I'm looking forward to, because I, well, you know what? Even for my kids, I'm so sick and tired of seeing the same Disney crap because they watch it all the time, either on Netflix or we have the Disney Channel apps on our Roku box, and generically, it's all the same crap. I would just like the jokes to change up and the actors or actresses to change up. So if they start creating their streaming service specific new content that'd be cool you know <laughs> this to me this is a better place for cloak and dagger than freeform actually this yet yeah, might get seen on this <laughs> yeah, i know right i don't even know how to get their freeform at this point all right i think this is gonna be it for the show we've had a lot of great time man we had such a great time with dragon con guys i as far as I am if you said hey we're gonna do another con in a week come on i'm there if all you guys are there i'm there you made it so easy. You made it great. Uh, there is video. Uh, where, what page did we put? It's out there. I know it's on Travis's page. I think I put it on Breaking the Panel page. Um, there's video of when we get in this room together and we hang out. Travis Jones finally bench presses Chris Wisdom. <laughs> and then things go sideways fast. So you really should check that out, man. It's awesome. We had a great panel and uh, a lot of fun. And we'll be putting that up on our page within time because there's a lot of stuff still for me to do post dragon con but we'll we have that going that will go up and 
lots of great stuff. I want to give a shout out uh, for GiantSizeTeamUp.com and the Blazing Defender Report. He got Peter David to be on his show at Dragon Con. One of the most phenomenal interviews I have personally ever heard with a creator. Peter David was so awesome. And Travis played with him and just did great things. And, you know, I can't say enough great things about that interview. It was awesome. You can check that out, the Blazing Your Friend Report on Facebook, facebook.com. Force Life's Blazing Your Friend Report. Uh, you guys, I want to give you an opportunity to say anything you want about Peter David because I know you were eating up that interview as well. That that man can can spin a tail. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, that that was the second time I've seen him. I saw him at Comic Con Philly like two years ago, and he told he told I think one story he told again. But he's just like his ability to recall the way things went in such great detail. I mean, he's not a young man. You know what I mean? Uh, right. So. Yeah, his ability to recall the the details and the backstory as to things that were going on um, is just incredible. And he's he's clever. He's really smart and witty and funny. And uh, he had a couple of good slams in there, uh, you know, like little little jokes and stuff and references and stuff. So it was it's if you get the chance to see him at a show. By all means, go to a panel with him on there. Um, of course, his writing has been fantastic over the years, uh, particularly his run on Hulk, 12 years on the Incredible Hulk, which has just completely changed the character. And uh, honestly, I think we can we can attribute the uh, MCU Hulk in large part to his writing. Um, not directly, but just like the whole idea that the Hulk isn't just a mindless mass. I, flesh. I, yes, that whole thing they talked about about spawning from the abuse and split personality and what if the Hulk was already there, the gamma radiation just, oh my, I was like, where, I, I need to, I need to, I don't need to read this. I need to consume this. This is <laughs> what you're yeah. talking about is just, oh, you might, you might replace Planet Hulk. Maybe. I mean, the way he talked about it, I was like, Planet Hulk is my jam, man, but what you're talking about is so my jam too. I don't know. I'm going to have to go read it. Uh, you don't get to Planet Hulk without it. So. No, well, that's true. That is true. Absolutely. I mean, they, I, I, I could hear that in what he was talking about. So we all know I've, I've, I'm, I would consider myself in the newly minted category, even though I've read comics for 30 years now. I was never the deep dive guy. I was never the read them all guy. And by all means, I could tell, no, you absolutely don't get the Planet Hulk without the work that Peter David did. Check that out, man. Blazing Defender Report, facebook.com forward slash Blazing Defender Report. He does videos every week. It's amazing. There is a podcast version that stays a little bit behind, but you can get that on iTunes, Stitcher, and everywhere else as well. Check it out. Uh, amazing stuff. All right. You can find us everywhere you find your podcasts, everywhere you listen to your audio, sometimes even out in the real world, but we still want to hear from you. BTP at GiantSizeTeamUp.com is where you get us those emails. Come on, play in our playground. We would love to hear from you. And until next time, tune in to hear Chris Wisdom say... Dragon Con tickets are on sale now for $86. Get them and come see us next year. Yep. Breaking the Panel is the flagship podcast on the Giant Size Team Up Network. You can support the show at patreon.com slash breaking the panel, and you'll find more of our amazing podcasts at giantsizeteamup.com. Giant Size Team Up.